0: Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here, I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. Let life surprise you. Callie Carlin Sorensen, a veteran television journalist, wife, mother to three little girls and now entrepreneur has trusted her gut in every phase of life from moving around the country as a newlywed to planting roots in central california Callie has found that life doesn't always go exactly how you planned it to be but that's what can make it wonderful the heart of the home continues in just a moment Hey, everyone. Popping on here to tell you about our latest collection drop on Stag Design. It's our art collection. These are beautiful, large-scale, very high-quality art pieces that will mix seamlessly with our current collection pillows and fabrics and wallpapers. You can check it all out on stagdesignshop.com. Okay, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. It's great to be here. First, let's just talk about your home growing up, where you grew up, what kind of home you grew up in, the feeling, the mood, that kind of thing.
1: So I grew up in the suburbs of Sacramento in Orangeville, California, in a home that my parents still live in. They've been in there 27 years, and um, it was just warm and cozy and loving. It's interesting, now that I'm an adult, my sister and I have talked about it, we both are really drawn to aesthetics and you know, kind of design. And our parents were not at all. And they don't really care about that. But the truth is, it's funny, because we still, you know, my sister, my question, like, why are we so drawn to that? Because our parents were not. But the most important thing is, it was always clean. And it was always filled with love. And our parents were super engaged in
0: parenting. And so it was a very warm, loving childhood. How many kids are in your family? I'm the oldest of four. Okay. So then growing up in Sacramento, and then you moved to Utah for college, um, and you went to BYU. We're both BYU journalism grads. (laughs) Yes, go Cougs. Uh, And then talk about what happened after that. So after BYU, um,
1: I got married, and um, my husband started medical school, and then I got my dream job at Channel One News in Los Angeles. And so then that meant that He transferred med school and we were all over the place for the next few years chasing, you know, kind of my dreams and career and his. So we went Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., to New York City and
0: Greenwich, Connecticut. Wow. And he was able to balance that with medical school. That's amazing.
1: He transferred med school for me because I had gotten my dream job.
0: So, yeah, he transferred. You know, we were in kind of a similar situation. My husband transferred law schools because oh, really? I got a job transfer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, law school is not quite as long as medical school, but it was still one of those situations where y- you both have, you know, career goals and yeah. and you're you kind of have to make it work.
1: Absolutely. You have you know, there has to be kind of constant compromise for each person's
0: dreams to be achieved. What was that like? As you know, a newlywed following an ambitious, very demanding career, and your husband's in a very demanding school load, uh, and you're moving around the country. Talk about what that dynamic was like.
1: Um, it was a little crazy, and I think not everyone can understand if you're not quite in that situation. I think some people maybe thought we were a little nuts. But I remember my husband saying to me one time that his Grandparents had sacrificed a lot when his, you know, grandpa was his grandpa was also a doctor, but was in, um, you know, served in World War II, and he said that you know they were apart and doing long distance off and on for two or three years. So we, you know, I think for us there was a seven month period where we had to do long distance back and forth, and I remember I was a Channel One, you know, at the time my boss let me have any um, because he was still in chicago at med school at the time my boss let me have any story that was in the midwest he said "Callie, get so that she can go see her husband for the weekend so there was this seven months that we did long distance but it was always with the angle of knowing that we were going to end up back in the same city as soon as possible but there was just this you know seven months that we had to get through but in many ways i feel like it kept us even closer because we really appreciated you know the time together we never really went more than two weeks without seeing each other, maybe three tops. But, um, I feel like being in a brand new city together and knowing no one else forces you to make new friends together and forces you to really grow, grow close.
0: What was your home like during that period? If you're both kind of, you know, transient to an extent, what was your home life like? Um,
1: simple. I remember we had, you know, with the time when we were doing that long distance in Chicago and Los Angeles, I had, you know, a really basic one bedroom apartment in LA that, you know, sometimes he would come with me there. I would go to a place in Chicago, but we did this challenge because, you know, I'm brand new in broadcast. He's a med student. We went to Ikea with like $1,200 budget. And we said, okay, we have to furnish our entire apartment in LA on $1,200. So I got mattress, coffee table, dining table, dishes because it was like our second place in LA. Honestly, we got everything from Ikea for $1,200 for the entire apartment.
0: And it was one of my favorite places. Honestly, I loved it. Don't you think too when you're young and poor and a newlywed, it's like you're just so excited to have your own place yeah. and to be with like your favorite person, it doesn't even matter a little bit. You know, you're kind of like everything's new and exciting and you're, you're working toward your career goals and um, a home... Isn't necessarily the main focus, right?
1: And I think it helped to both be busy. I had talked to a lot of other, you know, spouses of med students on both sides of it. And that was something that they said was really hard. If you're not busy, you end up pining for that person a lot because they're gone so much. And honestly, I, I didn't have that problem because I was so busy myself. I felt like it really helped to be at a similar pacing at the same time where we were both all in dark careers
0: let's fast forward a little bit to where you were when you decided, okay, we are, he's getting ready to graduate from medical school. We're ready to start a family or, or how that sort of happened. And then what happened after that?
1: So we, um, I was working, so I had been at channel and then CBS news. And then I was at Bloomberg doing financial news. Um, when finally it was in my late twenties, like 28, I finally kind of felt like, it was time to explore that next chapter. And then it took a little longer than we anticipated. That's a whole nother story. Um, but once I went on maternity leave from Bloomberg with Sydney, our older who just turned eight, I figured I would go back to work for a little bit, but you just don't know until you're at that bridge, ready to cross it. Um, I was interviewing nannies and, you know, looking and looking, and I just could not, for me, fathom outsourcing that job with someone else. I just couldn't imagine someone else, doing all the things I wanted to do for my baby. And so I ended up not going back at the end of my maternity leave to Bloomberg. And then we realized, okay, well, now we're all the way in Greenwich, Connecticut, which we loved. And it was beautiful and amazing, but all of our family was in California. So at that point, we decided to move back West after having been gone for like two decades at that point.
0: Oh my goodness. So your husband's from California too. Yes. We're both originally from California. So it was a a very conscious decision to move then your small budding family all the way across the country to California. Where did you decide to settle and why? So we decided to move to
1: a small I, tease, I went from Wall Street to Main Street. because I've been working you know, on Wall Street. Now we live in Main Street, America. We live in a, a town called Visalia, California, which is a population of about 150,000 in Central California. It's huge dairy and um, just ag in general, a ton of pistachios, almonds, um, most of the food in, comes from the Central Valley right here in California. So it's a opposite experience, but we we love it. But um, yeah, we decided here because for Brandon, my husband, being in medicine, he really wanted to be his own boss and be in private practice. And having worked for really big hospitals in New York City, it validated even more his theory that he wanted to be in private practice for himself and not be part of a big hospital. And so he'd grown up in the central Valley here in California, just knew that there was a need though for specialists. And we knew we weren't that far from, you know, our families all throughout the state. So
0: it was just the right fit for this chapter of life for us. And we love it. So describe your home life now. Now you have three little girls, right? Yes. I think your girls are almost exactly the same ages as my girls. They've got to be pretty close together. Because my oldest just turned eight. Oh,
1: nice! Yeah, we have to get them together play date <laughs> once this is social.
0: Distancing yeah. Summer, we can travel
1: again. <laughs> um. Yeah. So my girls are just the oldest who just turned six and eight. Um. And then the baby's three and a half.
0: Yeah, I have eight, five, and three and a half. So really close. Yes, really close. Um.
1: So yeah. So I was home full time for about five, six years. You know, I had three babies in four years, and so it was intense and crazy. And then um, about two years ago, um, my sister and I decided to start this company, Commemo, that we have. We've been toying around with the idea for a long time, and it finally felt like the right time now that the girls are in school. And yeah, so uh, working from home with three girls and homeschooling now, as
0: so many people are. Yeah, it's so fun, right? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) so easy makes you feel just relaxed all the time no i i mean it's crazy i describe it as a roller coaster because I mean, it's just high highs low lows in
1: one minute i'm like this is so magical we're out having a picnic where i'm teaching them board games we're reading little women and all these magical things and the next minute and i'm not a yeller honestly by minute, and minute i'm like stop making messes <laughs> And then my, my girls look at me like, what happened to you? I'm like, the other day they thought I ran away because they thought they thought they like burnt me out and pushed me over the edge from the messes. Anyway, so it's really been a roller
0: coaster. Yeah, every day. <laughs> and you're like, no, I didn't run away. I was just hiding in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, I maybe hide in the closet a little bit. No, like, this is intense. And I think what uh, this whole experience is doing is it's pointing out all of your home's strengths and weaknesses, right? They're all like magnified because that's the only place there is. Describe your home and, and what you love about it. And, and maybe some things that you're like, this is really grating on my nerves right now because <laughs> you're there so much.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We, we just um, My husband had been working for two years on this dream home that he wanted to build or we, we wanted to build. and he had everything planned out. He'd been working with an architect. I mean, two years in the planning. We had, we had bought this nine acre parcel in the country at auction at the courthouse steps. And he's already, he had planted all the perimeter trees, all the driveway trees. I mean, he had got, he had the land, the house pad already. And then, um, this three-year-old house, um, came up for sale, um, about a year and a half ago and it took, it took me a year to convince him to buy this. And so we scrapped the, I finally talked him into scrapping the plans for the brand new house in favor of an antique um, gym that has a ton of character and big, beautiful old trees. Um, sorry. Can you hear my three year old? <laughs> <laughs> this is real life. This is real life. Hi, where's grandma? Hey, Giga, can you grab Brooklyn please? Yeah. Okay, I'm on a call. Can you go talk to Grandma, please? Hi, Brooklyn. Okay, we gotta finish this conversation. Quick, can you have Giga? Giga, can you please help Brooklyn? Oh, your sisters. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yep. I love you too. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, sweetie. Um. It's interesting too, actually. When we um, when we first bought the country and the property, you know, which is like twenty minutes outside of town, I was pregnant with Brooklyn, like seven months pregnant, in the courthouse steps when I bought it at auction, and she ended up having being born with muscular disease, which obviously I had no idea at the time. So for me, it was part of the reason I wanted to be this older house that we just ended up buying is like smack in the middle of town, like two minutes from everything. And everything, you know, each child is different and changes and Life is not always what we planned. I had no idea that we were going to have that she was going to have these muscular challenges. And so for me, all of a sudden, I decided too that I wanted to be close to school for her because I thought if something comes up, I want to be a five minute drive from her, not a 20, 25 minute drive from her out in the country when she starts school. So anyway, I just think you have to be flexible in life because things change and evolve. And that's part of why for me, I I lobbied and rallied for this older home. So I love the character of this place because it has all the charm of a house built in 1937. But there are also some challenges that come with an older home. <laughs> and there there's some days my husband's cursing it because there's constantly so much TLC for him to do. And he's the handy one, not me. And there are a lot of things um, that break in the house. But again, you can't have everything ever. And so it's choices. And I love the giant trees we have with this older property and it's like on a Creek 1.3 acres. And so, yeah, so to me the out the yard is just magical and it's worth all the um, quirks of
0: the age of the house. Did you do any remodeling or updating or renovating and, and what are things that you did decided not to renovate or change?
1: We are trying to keep as much of the character as we can. Like it has a lot of like beautiful woodwork and millwork and we're trying to preserve all of that that we can, but we're definitely going to do some addition. We just moved in um, late fall, early winter. And so we, I would say it's going to be like a three to five year process to do everything we want to do to the place. Um, In a lot of ways, I mean, you know this from your profession, but remodeling I'm finding is actually harder from scratch in many ways because you're living Mm -hmm. through it and you're trying to like strategize like, okay, if we do this room and then we do that room and then anyway. So um, I, I think I signed us up for way more than I realized, but um, it's okay. I think I've also realized like you have to be happy with what you have in the moment, instead of deciding like, Oh, well, I'll be happy someday when we finish this remodel or we, I don't know. It goes back to like having lived in 600 square feet in New York city for years and been so happy there. I hear people say something like, Oh, well, we'll be happy when we get in a bigger house or this or that. And I have found in life, if you're not happy with what you have in that moment, nothing more is really going to make you happier. I, no amount of more children or more square feet or I don't know. So anyway, this originally I thought we'd be done with this remodel in like a year or two, and now I'm realizing it's going to be like a three to five year timeline, and that's okay. I love it as it is right now with like the weird, funky grandma hand painted like birds on the fridge, and there's some weird. So I don't want to be mean. I hope, I hope the <laughs> former owners, I hope the former owners are never listening. it's a beautiful home. They took lovely care of it, but my daughter my eight-year-old daughter said once like do you like the grandma parts of this house uh, <laughs> it's grandma chic right it it's has, a style it has some grandma yes. elements, so that will eventually change but for now, I honestly have learned to love it for what it is.
0: Living through renovation is, is hard, but something that I find that is really valuable about living in a home and remodeling it space by space by space is that you really figure out how you live and how you function as a family. And then you can figure out, okay, these are things we need to change or like, no, this is something we can live with. Uh, but until you actually live in a space, you can't figure any of that out.
1: That's very true.
0: What would you say to somebody who is looking for that dream home and and trying to figure out exactly where they and their family are supposed to be? It kind of seems like you've figured that out. what's what's listening to your intuition and figuring out what's right for you
1: right. I just I think the biggest thing is you can't have everything ever in life. So you just really have to figure out what is most important. And I remember, again, it took me a year to sell my husband on this house. So he kept saying, but I don't love the house. And I kept saying, but I love the yard. He's like, but we don't live in the yard. I said, but with kids, you do live in the yard. And honestly, we have spent so much time outside since being here. So even though, you know, the house isn't perfect to him, it isn't the way he would have built a brand new house from scratch. It's totally worth it to me because of the trade-off of the convenience and the location. And the mature yard. So again, to me, that's what I just realized with kids. If you have a great yard for me, I found that we would spend more time outside and they would spend more time outside and I could kind of send them outside like the eighties where we grew up. You know, I, I missed that about the eighties where kids did just go outside more and um, play on their own instead of moms orchestrating every single moment of play. I kind of the, like the free range mentality more. So, um, we have chickens actually, it's like, go free range with the chickens. <laughs> I tell the girls sometimes get out there with the chickens anyway. So, um, again, it's just choices. And so for me, that was really important. I realized more and more as I pondered on it, but you just have to, I think you have to really, again, like look at what is your top priority and make a choice because you can't have everything ever in life.
0: How do you feel like you've made adaptations to your house to fit your, your youngest daughter's needs or have you had to?
1: Um, we, you know, right now she's only three, so we still just carry her everywhere. But my husband has, you know, that's kind of part of our master plan is adding, um, you know, like a mudroom area where we can add like a little, they have these little mini shoot elevators that you can do for a pretty, you know, affordable, price. And since this is an older you know, two-story home, it does not have accommodations, obviously, for an elevator. So we have plans long-term because eventually there's going to be a point where it is too hard to carry her up and down the stairs. And for her independence, she's going to want to be able to, I think already right now, even at three and a half, she's kind of frustrated that we tell her, you are not allowed near the stairs. So eventually we do have plans to add kind of tube type elevator um, for her.
0: Is this it? Do you think you're in your house forever? This is where you're going to (laughs) stay? um for now i was <laughs> like
1: one chapter a time, but no i i see us here for a really long time because um we were realized this move just it, it when it was 600 square feet in manhattan and the two of us we could move like champs in a week but you know with three kids and a lot of baggage and hobbies now my husband is a hobby king So he has a lot of hobby gear. And this move about killed him. And he said he's never, ever moving again. So we might just die in this house.
0: Because you have to schlep all the gear from house to house. (laughs)
1: Yes. Not to totally out him, but we have a three-car garage here. And he added a shed out back. And I still can't park in the garage because... (laughs) he has i mean but he's super handy i mean he does welding he does woodworking and he has you know a golf cart in the garage and a like 1960 something bronco in the garage but yeah so again i don't actually park in the garage
0: (laughs) (laughs) we only have one spot in our garage that's free and we have a three-car garage so we can relate at our house makes me feel better (laughs) <laughs> tell us about Camemo. So, so uh, Camemo is something that that I took advantage of for my husband's fortieth birthday, and it was the most memorable gift uh, oh. that he received. And we stayed up all night long reading through it. So, for people who aren't familiar with Camemo, tell us what it is. Oh, that makes me
1: happy. I'm so glad your husband appreciated. it. So, Camemo is, I say, it's kind of it's like a group card, you know, supercharged with a memory book. So it's one link that you share with all the friends, family, colleagues, cousins, and then everyone can upload the types of tributes you would share if you were toasting at someone's wedding or a birthday dinner or, you know, speaking at a funeral. But so often... There's only, think about the last wedding you went to, there's only time for three or four people to actually stand up and give toasts, but everyone in attendance has something to say and something that they could share. And so Commemo gives you kind of the space and the place for everyone that's part of that person's life to share what they love and admire and a favorite story or a photo. And then our platform auto formats it into a book for you. And this came from a, a really personal place My for my sister and I, we lost our um, brother, when he was 25 and, um, he had struggled with addiction off and on for eight or nine years. And it was just kind of like one of those classic stories of bipolar, where when he was high, he was really high, you know, number one on his college tennis team, honorable list, just kind of all together. But then when he struggled, he really struggled. And so it was just this kind of, um, back and forth pendulum really. And so, we realized when he passed away, how much we treasured the stories. His best friend from elementary school wrote this beautiful essay and I've reread it 15, 20 times. It means everything to me. And his high school English teacher had shared some things and it's as thoughtful as flowers and food are a month later, those are gone too, but it is the stories and those sentiments that people share that a family treasures forever. And so we thought, you know, we just wished that we had even more of them and that it was easier for people to share. And so we wanted to create a way for it to be easier for families to collect those types of stories and tributes when they lost a loved one. But then we realized thinking on even more, it's such a shame that so often we don't share these types of things until it is at someone's funeral, until it is too late. So we wanted to try and encourage people to do this more often um when someone's still alive so we we say kind of eulogize the living so do it for a 40th birthday i did it for my husband's 40th birthday as well do it for you know high school graduation for a teacher thank you do it for all these moments along the way that you would celebrate someone so they get to hear it when they're living
0: I think it's such a brilliant idea. And I think it's so perfect for this period in time when we can't get out and see each other socially. I think it's so perfect to to do something like this, to celebrate each other and those milestones in our lives. In fact, I've been encouraging my neighbor uh, since her... Uh, high school senior can't do like yearbook stomp and signing of the yearbook and everything, I was saying, you really should do this thing that we did for John's 40th birthday party and send it to all of her friends. And and I just think it's oh, such you. a smart, special idea. So well done. Thank you. It, it comes from the heart. It comes from a place of love. So thank
1: you. Where can people find you? So our website, commemo.co, Co. And yeah, there's a few different design options to choose from, and you just start the project and share the link. And then every book actually comes with a free and downloadable QR code as well, so that you could always put that on the back of a, you know, dinner menu or program or mail it out if that helps, you know. A certain generations that don't want to type it in just hold up your phone to the QR code and it takes you the link as well.
0: Well, Callie Carlin Sorensen, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank and you, hopefully Marvel. when this is all over, we'll connect in real life. Yes. Get the girls <laughs> all together for a play date. I love it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home, I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.